in Exodus 1.12, if you can put it up, it talks about the more that they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. Thank you. Sometimes hard times brings the best out of us. But sometimes when times are too easy, we get lazy. Sometimes when things are too easy, we don't want to do what we should do. And here, underground churches are multiplying and they don't have the liberties to praise God that we have. And yet, sometimes it's hard to get people to answer the call of God on their life. You understand? And us in Victory Outreach, we're now past 50 years. Give God a hand clap. In the beginning of Victory Outreach, drug addicts did not get saved. It was common all over the world that if you're an addict, you're going to die an addict. There was no hope for the addict. And people came to the Lord and they were grateful. People came to the Lord and they answered the call. But that was two generations ago and now we're in the third generation. And now we have things a lot easier. They're calling this the third wave or the third generation. And now I'm afraid of something. We're afraid of something. That things have gotten so easy. That we run the risk that people are not going to answer the call of God upon their life. Our founders and our leaders and everybody across the world and our victory outreaches that have laid their lives down before us. They try to pave a way to make life a little easier for us. But I think that this easy road is hurting us. Because it was a hard road that they had to go through that developed them to become the people they were. Sometimes it's the hardships that develops us. Like parents, we have come from great generations. Parents have suffered and sacrifices, sacrificed to make life a little better for us. But it was those hard times they had to go through. My mama's here. I could remember eating steak rarely. And I knew I was going to have steak a couple days ahead because she started beating it. And she started flavoring it. Because we didn't afford to buy the filet mignons and the ribeyes and the T-bones. But it was those hard times that developed the characters and the people. And so we try to make life a little easier for our children. And then we want to complain that they don't appreciate things. But maybe it's because it's a little too easy. I don't know. Shake your neighbor's hand and have your seat, please. If I made a day, just speak to you as a big brother. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Jesus is giving what we refer to as 
the great commission. Hallelujah. You guys, we all dressed. I wore my, uh, 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 from Havana, Cuba. This is a Cuban shirt from Sears. It's a genuine imitation. Hallelujah. But you all look great. You look beautiful. Thank you for participating. This is the unity and stuff that makes a church strong. Okay? But I, I believe I need to give you a word. I believe as a responsible man that has been entrusted with the word by our pastors here. And I love you. Thank you very much. That it's our duty to make sure that the truth is put out. Today, people don't want to hear truth. Today, people want to hear lies. Huh? When I was on narcotics, uh, here and there, I know it's really shocking because as you look at me, I'm a very good-looking, polished individual today. But when I was on narcotics, a lot I tried to hide in the dark. That way you couldn't tell I was all messed up. Okay? You see, people are messed up. They want to stay in the... But people don't want to come to the light because it shines. In Genesis 1, I believe verse 2. Genesis 1, verse 2, before we go to 28 of Matthew. It says that the earth was formed without void and was dark. Void and dark. It was beautiful for people. And then Jesus messed everybody's thing up because he spoke light. And as soon as he spoke light into the darkness, darkness had to change came in. Say change. As soon as the word of God comes in, things change. Can you get an amen? You see, today everybody wants everything to be easy. They don't want the word of God to tell you to change me. They don't want the word of God to show where you need a change. They just want the word of God to enhance the life that they're living already. They just want the word of God to co-sign their own plans. But my word of God, my Bible brings change. If you want a word of God that just tickles you on Sunday for a minute, and then you go on the rest of the week as you've been, you came to the wrong church. We're Victory Outreach. We believe in change. We believe that the word of God can change a drug addict and put a microphone in his hand. We believe that the word of God can take a worthless, no good individual and make something powerful out of him. Huh? But there has to be a desire. Are you with me? Once again, 28, Matthew, please. And there's a great commission. You see Jesus already at the end of his ministry. And he's speaking to his disciples. And he's telling them that all the authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, authority is something that you don't like, right? How many here have lights in their house or TVs? Air conditioning units. Huh? You like authority. Okay? PG&E owns electricity, but they give you authority to use it. As long as the bill's been paid. Say the bill's been paid. Jesus Christ paid the bill, but you still got to flip the switch. 
Because PG&E had given you permission to, they authorized you to use the electricity, you still got to flip the switch. They're not going to come over your house and flip the switch. So right here, Jesus is showing that all authority has been given. But guess what? You have a responsibility. Tell your neighbor, flip the switch. And then he tells the disciples, he tells them to go. He says, he tells them to go and make disciples of all nations. He tells them to teach them. Teach them to be obedient. Huh? To everything that I've taught you and commanded you. In other words, they've been getting discipled now for three years. Huh? And the discipler is saying, okay, now start multiplying. Now go out and practice what I've taught you. Teach them everything I've taught you. Teach them how to obey what I've taught you. Teach them the word of God. Teach them how to put the word of God inside of their heart. Teach them how to let the word of God be a light upon their feet. Teach them when they're going through hard times to not let philosophy or old ways of life tell them what to do. But allow the word of God to lead them. Allow the word of God to sustain them. Allow the word of God. You see, you're going to see there also earlier that they had to make this process when you look at Matthew 4. See, he's telling his disciples to go make. They had to go through a process. But in Matthew 4, now you're going to see the beginning. Can you get Matthew 4 up there? It says that he was walking along the sea of. And he saw two brothers fishing with a net. Okay, when you think fishing, you get a fishing pole, you put two hooks on it, and you go out and fish. But Jesus was already teaching network. Huh? And he says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That was the beginning. In 28, you see him now, he says, now go catch fish. But there was a process in between. Say process. It says immediately they dropped their nets. Jesus is walking by. And he sees these brothers fishing together with a net. That's a family business. And as Jesus walks by, guess what? He says, follow me and I'm going to change your life. Follow me. I'm going to take you from your father's business and put you in my father's business. He says, follow me, and I'm going to change you from a fisherman of fish and make you a fisherman of men. Huh? He says, check this out, man. I'm going to change you from a gangster in the world and make you a gangster for my kingdom. I'm going to change you from a hustler and show you how to hustle for my kingdom. He says, I'm going to change you from a fighter and teach you how to fight the good fight. I'm going to change you and I'm going to change your skills and I'm going to change your giftings for my honor and your glory. I'm going to do the changing. You got to do the following. My concern is today, are we going to follow or has life got too easy for us? My concern is, do we just want to come to church and get our ears tickled. 
maybe Jesus is no more than a cross or on our car or on the shelf. Is Jesus just something you carry around for show? I need my Jesus to carry me. I need to be carried by Jesus. I don't want to carry my Jesus. I want a Jesus that can carry me. I need to serve a bigger God than that, that I could just carry around as a sticker, as a, a gold medal or something. I need to have a big God. My God. I'm trying, sister. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says that he was walking along the Sea of Galilee and he saw two brothers fishing with a net. And he told them to follow me and I will make you fishers, men of men. And immediately they dropped their nets. Now the first thing is they were in a, a boat. Okay, I don't know what boat you're in. But we're trying to get in the same boat. We're trying to get into the kingdom building boat. We're trying to get you out of the boat you're in and call you into the, a, a good boat. And that represents what? You see, in the world, you're taught this and that brings you comfort. In the world, you get all kinds of concepts that this is the answer and this is the way. In the world, you get a lot of concepts that tells you you have to have this and you have to have that. And then you learn to trust that stuff. And that's the boat that you're in. And then the way that you develop that comfort, the boat is comfort, is your net. How you make that boat happen. How you bring in the funding for that boat. How you get whatever you get for that. Are you following me? And it says they immediately dropped their nets and they began to follow Jesus. Okay? They dropped their nets. They dropped their nets. See, they can't follow Jesus as long as they're pulling their nets. That's your ways. That's how you do things. Are you with me? Huh? I need to have a house. I need to have this. I need to have, I need, I need, I need. And I'm not talking bad about a house. I'll prove it to you. Buy me one, I'll accept it. <laughs> and I'll put you on my prayer board. <laughs> but that's not my answer. That's not my source of comfort. That's not my source of, of peace and, and joy. Only God can give me the peace and joy. Only God can give me the comfort. He wants to take us from that mindset and change us until we have his mindset. And in order to get the worldly things, you depend on worldly methods. In order to keep your old boat, you got to have those nets. But Jesus is calling you, trying to get you in a new boat. But you're still holding on your old nets. It says immediately they dropped their nets. So here's Jesus discipling these people that have nets and have boats, have their way of thinking, and have their methods. Huh? And they start following him. And it says immediately they dropped their nets. Say they dropped their nets. When we first come to God, we drop our nets. When you have that, I'm talking about one of those life-changing encounters with Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm not just talking, you know, that you watch the, uh, Joyce Myers or the smiley guy that blinks a lot. And I like those guys. And you say, oh, I'm going to change. I'm talking about an encounter with Jesus Christ. Ah. You see, discipleship, what Jesus knew then, 
And what we know now is not taking people out, having hamburgers, and going to the movies. That's called fellowship. But discipleship is teaching the word of God. Discipleship is teaching them how to let them lead it. Okay, you have a struggle here. Okay, uh, let me show you how to trust Jesus. Okay, yeah, but I'm used to all this and that. I know, I know. But let me show you how to trust the word. Okay, let me show you how to get out of that boat and get in this boat. But I'm used to doing this and that. I know, I know. Okay, but let me show you how to use a different net. Do you follow me? So Jesus is here teaching them how to get out of that boat. Because although they immediately dropped their nets and followed Jesus, you think that was it. But it took 24 more chapters to get to chapter 28. What do you think happened? Huh? You remember in 21 of Matthew, you see Peter fishing again. Somewhere he picked his nets back up. Somewhere he started resorting back to his ways that he trusted. He might not have used drugs no more. He might have came to God and had one of those encounters where you're crying and you leave everything at the altar. And I'm talking about old school worship right there. I haven't seen a whole lot of that anymore. But I remember back in the day, I went into the men's home in 1987. I was a strung out heroin addict, man. I threw up every morning, man. You didn't want to see me with no white pants on. I soiled everything up. I went into that men's home in 1987. They laid hands on me. I didn't get sick at all, man. I slept that first night. I didn't throw up. I didn't have the runs. I was delivered immediately. I'm talking about those kind of encounters that with God. We need to have those encounters. We got to stop teaching this and that and teach people how to get in the presence of Jesus Christ. We got to teach them how to honor the word of Jesus Christ. All about discipleship is having an encounter and a relationship with Jesus Christ. Stop teaching everything else. Teach you how to do this and that, but I don't teach you how to have a relationship. It's the connection with Jesus that transforms our life. And he's telling them, follow me and I'll make you. If you want to change, you can't do anything else for a genuine, real change. But follow Jesus. It's in following him. He says, follow me and I'll make you. Our job is to follow. He does the changing. Huh. You can't do it with any other method. You can't do it by practicing anything else. That's called religion. That's called philosophy. And in those things, there's no room for Jesus Christ. But it's a true relationship with Jesus Christ. And then hearing what he tells you and obeying and going where that word tells you, that changes your life. They immediately began to follow. And they dropped their nets. But somewhere they began to pick them back up. You come here. And you get touched. And you say man. I'm going to do all this and that. That's it. That's it. That's it. Boom, boom, boom. And you, you, you swear an allegiance. 
You see, Peter had experienced a lot of things. Peter walked on water. Peter seen things and he said, man, I'm going to make three altars. Huh? He made promises. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. Was he lying? No. I believe Peter was genuine. But he still needed to go through the process because Peter still thought that he could do whatever God wanted in his own way. And he had to still learn God's ways more. Say he wasn't baked yet. He was trying to come out of the oven without being fully baked. Any bakers in the house? What happens when you pull a cake out before it's done? It falls. We need to allow ourselves to be taught and go through the whole process of development. But there's going to be a, a, a challenge or a temptation to say, I'm done, I'm ready. Or you start thinking because it seems like it's taking too long. You see, Jesus got crucified. And Peter started thinking, maybe this was not the right way. Maybe this is not the answer. Maybe I was depending and placing my trust in the wrong thing. There's going to be those things that come into you and make you think, maybe I'm depending in the wrong thing. Maybe this is not going to change my husband. Maybe this is not going to change my children. Maybe this is not going to change my financial position in life. Maybe this is not going to fill that empty void. Maybe this is not going to bring peace where there's torment. Maybe this is not going to change my life. Maybe I got to go back and trust what I used to trust. And that's what happened to Peter. You see? Because he was still in the thinking stage. He was still in the investigation stage. When we come here, we're curious. Is this the answer or not? And all the discipleship that Jesus was taking them through was trying to get them from the curious stage to the knowing stage. Tell your neighbor there's power in the knowing. One more time in Ezekiel. It says for those that know their God will be made strong and do great and mighty exploits. Huh? It starts by knowing. And so Jesus is trying to get them from curious to knowing. We need to go from thinking is this the answer I think it's the answer. I'm believing it's the answer. So I know that he's my source. I know he's my provider. I know he is my everything. I don't want anything else but Jesus Christ. I would love a house, but you keep the house and give me Jesus. Everything else, I count it. Dung. Thank you. I was afraid I might use another word. Thank you, sir. Peter's, Paul says dung. That's uh, Greek for poo-poo. Hallelujah. But there's a process. Say process. You see, you're going to be wavering at times, not knowing. Just keep following. Keep following. The knowing comes, and it comes through trial, and it comes through error, and it comes through hardships. It don't come easy. And sometimes we want to get off track because it's little hard, because there's some struggles on this learning curve. But you remember, we get things by going through things. We don't really get things by it being too easy. When it comes too easy, all we get is spoiled. 
And God don't want no spoiled Christians. He don't want no sissy lalas. He wants men and women that will stand up under the storm. Stand up under the trial. Stand up for his purpose. And help build the kingdom of God. Are you with me? <laughs> Hallelujah. So the nets were picked up again. Could you see him fishing again? I can't find where he picked the nets back up. Any Bible scholars, tell me where you see it. All I know is he dropped them, then he has them. Somewhere he picked them up. You see, sometimes we start going back to our old ways without knowing it. All of a sudden, you just find yourself doing that. You're trusting in that job again. You're trusting that all you need is a wife or a husband again. Now, that's good. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, but that's not your answer. Uh-huh. That's a, a, a helpmate to answer the call and build the kingdom of God. That's a help me, not the answer. Nothing's the answer but Jesus Christ. And you see, we got to be able to keep going through things. That's why discipleship means not only learning the word of God, not only taking it inside to where it feeds you and sustains you and guides you and leads you, but you also never, never can afford to forsake the assemblies of the saints. People that walk in the light. People that know the word of God so that they can help disciple you. Older women. Take hold of the younger sisters. Huh? Older men. Help the younger. Huh? We got to disciple people not only to learn the word of God, but know how to work together to learn so we can teach each other how to go through things because you are going to go through things. It's a guarantee because at first we don't know how to let go of our mindset. We don't know how to let go of our habits. We don't know how to let go of our nets. We don't know how to get out of the boat we're in. So they're able to explain, look, man, just try this today. Just fast today. Just just pray today. Just practice this today. Just do this. How did it go? Okay, now let's do it for two days. Now let's do it for three days. And so you can develop to where you can get into the knowing. Say knowing. When storms come and we panic, it's because we say, I know God's going to sustain me. But then you get worried maybe he ain't. Huh? That's not knowing. You see, when Peter was in the boat with Jesus and the boat started rocking, he started crying out. And Jesus had to speak and calm the storm. You see Peter panicking when trouble happens. Later, you see Peter in prison. Isn't that a little worse than uh, being out on a boat? And he's lying there, and, and they were charged. The person before him just got killed. They got blood on their mouth and their hands. They're hungry for more blood. They say, get Peter. They want to snuff him. He knows in the morning he's going to get a number on his toe. Huh? Yet he's sleeping. <laughs> He learned how to, from panic to calm. Huh? He knew that God was going to protect him. 
He went from not being sure to knowing that God was going to protect him. You and I need to go from not knowing for sure. If I do this for God, if I take another step out for God, if I take a risk for God, if I take a chance for God, I need to stop worrying that I might fall, that I might fail, that it might not work, that it will be able. I know that my God is going to take care of me. I know, man, I ain't got a trip on this. If my God says to go over here, man, he's going to provide for me. He's going to give me everything I need. He's going to surround me with people that are going to assist me. I know that me, myself, is incapable. I don't speak too well, but he'll send me Aaron. I hope, man, that we're able to grasp what this word of God is telling us today. We need to get into the knowing. Hallelujah. You see, you're going to think, Pastor, all this calling stuff, I'm not sure I'm called. In the book of Esther, Queen Esther, she wanted to come before the king, but she knew Proper protocol is you can't go before the king unless you receive an invitation. And the invitation to go before the king was a golden scepter. And so the king seen Esther and he extends the golden scepter to her. See, that was an invitation. That was permission to come before. And a lot of us don't know if we've been invited to come before God. A lot of us don't know if we're actually called. I heard Pastor Sonny in that video say, you're all called. A lot of people are like, I don't know. So allow me to use the scriptures, if I may. The scepter has to be extended to you before you go to the king. Or else, that's not right. You can take it down. You see? Today, nobody does anything right, not, not, not here, but in a lot of other churches and a lot of teenagers, proper protocols out the window. Nobody practices anything anymore, sit down together as a family or whatever. Huh? But we serve a God of order, and we serve a God of protocol, and he don't want you to come to him without permission. But he's given you permission. Jesus Christ represented the scepter of God. And when Jesus Christ came to earth, the veil got torn. And now you've been invited to come before God. And on the invitation that you all received, it says, in the name of Jesus, you got the permission to come before me. On your invitation, it has your name. It has your name. It has your name. And it says, in the name of Jesus, you've been invited to come before for the king to come before and lay down everything and be transformed, be delivered, everything that is on your concerns. So now, stop thinking you're not called. It's not God's fault, you've been called. The real problem is responding to the call. Let that sink in. I'm giving you the word of God. Light comes, dark flees. It's interruptive, it's disruptive, and it changes things. So I'm hoping to interrupt, disrupt, and change things by bringing you the word of God. 
It's not in the calling. You've all been called. It's in how you respond. How did they respond? Immediately, they dropped their nets and followed Jesus. Okay? Immediately, they dropped their nets and followed Jesus. I'm talking about one of those encounters with Jesus Christ where he touches you, speaks to you, and bam. Okay? How are you responding? Okay? Genesis 1 says that the world was without void and it was dark. Then when he spoke, lightness came. The word of God changes everything. But there's some people that don't want light in their life. There's some people that want things to remain dark. They, 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 they got excuses. You can trip over things and say, I didn't know that was there. In the dark, you got excuses. You still can blame people for your problems. You still can blame people. I went to an overcrowded school. You see what I mean? I didn't get hugged enough. I got hugged too much. You don't know what happened to me. This happened to me. That happened to me. But I'm going to tell you something, man. When real light hits your life, all that goes lightness brings accountability lightness brings honesty lightness brings truth into your life man but I'm going to tell you sometimes people are afraid of change because they don't want to get out of their boat their boat they've gotten comfortable with so they don't want to hear the truth they don't want to see the light keep that light away from me that's not what he's supposed to be saying that's not what it meant they're going to lie because they don't want the truth but the truth is man when light comes all that needs to change all your excuses are out the door everything now you gotta start taking accountability I do have these nets I do have these issues I do have this stuff well you know what I'm gonna follow Jesus because when I follow him he changes me I don't wanna be the same no more I need a change man I have a lot of stinking thinking now I didn't know this in the dark I blamed her and I blamed him but now that the light shines I'm able to see this but I believe and I know that Jesus Christ can change my life all I gotta do is follow him all I gotta do is follow him he does the changing some of you have been challenged to disciple I'm gonna give you my class you don't do the changing that's Jesus' job. Just teach them how to follow Jesus. Just teach them how to have a relationship with Jesus. Just teach them how to learn the word and apply the word and follow the word. But not religiously and not philosophically, but with a relationship. I'm talking about having a relationship with Jesus Christ, man. That you go to bed with, that you wake up with, that you drive with, that you go through storms with, that you go through trials with. Teach them. But that means you got to spend a lot of time with them. <laughs> Can't teach them on the phone, Facebook, Marco Polo. You got to spend time with them. We, we, we've been going through discipleship. And then this year in Victory Outreach, it's called Relentless Pursuit. And so real discipleship costs you everything. Okay? You gotta have a relationship with your discipler. When Jesus told them to go make disciples, that word meant student, pupil. And at that time today, student and pupil don't mean a whole lot. 
But at that time, it meant like an apprentice and a journeyman. Okay? But when Jesus was speaking, he was more speaking like in the philosophical terms, which they were accustomed to. And that meant master and student. We got to develop these kind of relationships where those that are teaching us and telling us, we give them all permission to speak into our life like a student and a master. Huh? Some people are like, yeah, 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 I want a disciple now. No, no, don't abuse that authority, baby boy. Don't get it wrong. You're responsible to teach the truth. All you do is teach how to follow Jesus. All you teach is the word of God. The changing ain't yours. The change is, are you following me? Now, Matthew or John 21. Hallelujah. You're going to see him fishing. Matthew, uh, uh, Peter's fishing again. Say he's fishing again. And while he's fishing, it says that he was fishing all night long. He was fishing all night long. He was going back to what he was believing in and trusting in. And it said he caught Nathan. Nada. Okay? Nothing. He was failing at his ways. Then Jesus is there on the shore. Trip on this. The same shore he called him from. It went full circle. Discipleship went. We got a great Jesus. Even though you denounce him. Even though you pick up your nets. Even though you go back to your same way. There's Jesus still loving you. There's Jesus still calling you. You might have went on your own way. You might have started depending on your own thing. Do not think that you've blown it. Sometimes it's a part of the process. It was for Peter. There was Peter back in the same boat doing the same old thing. And there's Jesus on the shore telling him, come over here, man. Come over here. Matter of fact, he says, first, throw your net on the other side. And what happened? It got filled. It's a Bible scholar. How many fish was in it? 153, a lot. That net was full. Jesus was letting him get successful in his own ways. Huh? You see, I'm going to tell you something. If you get a relationship because uh, you're having hard times, and you get the relationship only in hopes to help you out of your hard times, that's not a real relationship. Because then once times start going good, you want to cut that relationship loose maybe. Huh? You see, Peter had a relationship with Jesus. As soon as things started getting rough, he skedaddled. Huh? But Jesus wants you to choose him when things are good. He wants us to choose him above everything else. He wants you to choose him over success. He wants you to choose him over everything else you trust. Are you with me? Huh? He wants a relationship with you. Not only because you needed one, but because you want him more than anything. Are you with me? What did Peter do? What did Peter do? He got clothed, and then he jumped out. I see uh, 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 Forrest Gump. Mama. Okay. Here he is with a fat net. Here he is, successful. And he jumped out and left all that behind. 
Hindu. He got into the knowing. He knew now, above everything else, I want you. I'm ready to leave everything. I want you. Victory Outreach, he leaped. You see, remember Lurch on the Adams family? When people come to the door and he goes, that's how some of us are when we hear the call of God. They're calling us again. Peter leaped. We need to go from lurches to leapers. We need to go when the truth stops bothering us to where, man, when we see and hear the truth, we're ready to leave everything behind. Are you with me? Please stand. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Thank you, Jesus. Listen to me. Relentless pursuit. He pursued God. He pursued Jesus in chapter 4. But it wasn't relentless. You see, when times got hard, he went back. But there, when you see him jump out of the boat and go to Jesus, he forsook everything. See, Jesus says, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. After that, you never see Peter back on the boat. Never. You never see Peter with those nets again. God changed him from a fisher of fish to a fisher of men. In the book of Acts, you see Peter preaching the inauguration of the birthing of the church of Jesus Christ. 3,000 people were saved when he was fishing on his own 153 fish but when he used his mouth as a net of God and now he's a fisher of men 3,000 got saved Jesus was at the shore calling him with barbecued fish huh? with, with hot sauce catfish with hot sauce sister mm. huh He's fishing for raw fish. I'm going to try to tell you if I can real quick. What you're looking for is already in the hands of Jesus Christ. He was fishing for fish and here Jesus had cooked fish. He had it already prepared for you. Huh? I will make a table for you in thy presence of thine enemies. Huh? I have everything you want and better than what you can get right here. But I need you to take a leap. Hallelujah. I need you to pursue me. I need you to follow me. When times are hard and when times are easy. When you're right and when you're wrong. When things are going your way and when it isn't. I need you to follow me. I need you to stop going back to your ways. I need you to stop going back to your boat. I need you to stop going back to whatever your net is. But I need you to leap out and never return. Because now when you walk in the knowing, you're able to be my fisherman. You're able to help me build my kingdom. You're able to be who I want you to be. So let's get there as quick as I can. <laughs>
I'm not going to make an altar call. I believe this word of God is comprehensive. I went to the sixth grade. That means it covers everything and everybody. There's nobody excluded out. The word of God is for everybody. It's for the hooker and it's for the school teacher. It's for the drug addict and it's for the preacher. This is for all of us. And so I'm going to ask everybody just to close your eyes and raise your hands. Everybody here, you want to get to that place to where you don't go back no more. I'm tired. I want to change. But I keep returning to a lot of my old ways, my own thoughts, my own methods. Man, one day I want to serve you, God. I want to answer the call. I don't know what you want me to do to be a missionary, a preacher, a teacher, or just a deacon or a leader in the church. And I'm willing to do it, but then the next day I'm afraid. And I just want to get a promotion or something else. I'm tired of continually turning back. Father, I need you. Help me stay on course. No matter how I feel. No matter my situations, my circumstances, my thoughts. Lord, that was a family business that Peter was in. He thought he was a fisherman because of his brothers and his father. Sometimes I have an identity crisis because of my past, my history, or my family. Lord, help me get out of that boat. Help me let go of my nets. Help me take the leap and follow you, never to return again. Use my life, Father. Shape me and mold me, God. Bring people into my life, Lord, to help me in this process. Teach me to take heed of your word. Go ahead and tell him with your own words. Go ahead and tell him. Tell him. He's calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you. He does the work. We just got to follow. Go after him. Pursue him. Pursue him. With everything you got. With everything you got. Love him. Praise him. That's it, church. That's it, church.